It's going to come and bring my notes up here. How's everyone going tonight? Some of us are doing well. That's good. Who's back at work? Hands up. Hands up. A few of you who are still on holidays. A few of you. Great. Well, we are currently in a series called Pause My Life. And so far this year, we have looked at reflecting and looking back on what the last year has had for us, reviewing how we've been going. And now, tonight, I want to help us dream and look forward at where we are going in 2024 and beyond. So come with me tonight as we dream about what 2024 could be. I want to start things off by getting you guys to interact with each other a little bit. And I want to ask you, what was your dream job that you wanted to have when you were a kid? And if you are a kid, what is your dream job? Take a moment now and talk to the person next to you about what you want to be when you grow up, what your dream job was or what it might still be. You guys can keep talking about this after the service. And since I wasn't able to go down and talk with you guys about what I wanted to be, I thought I would show you and tell you with some artist renditions as well. So when I was little, I first wanted to be a farmer. That was my dream job. <laughs> then next, I wanted to be a firefighter. I thought that would be incredible, saving cats' lives, the best. Next, I wanted to be a jazz musician, so rocking out on the saxophone. I thought that would be so fun. And then lastly, I wanted to be an architect. So, you know, drawing up buildings and things. These were my dream jobs. These are, these are seriously what I wanted to be when I was little. My family's here. I'm sure they would be able to help fact check that. But these are the different things I could see myself doing with my life. These were things that I had my heart set on, that I had my goals and my sight set on. I was passionate about each and every one of these. I wanted to be a farmer because I loved farm animals. I loved the idea of, you know, milking cows and raising pigs and raising sheep and shearing sheep and that whole kind of thing there. I wanted to be a firefighter because I remember in school hearing about them and hearing about all of the awesome stories and things that they do, saving lives, saving cats' lives, saving dogs' lives. All of the lives are being saved by the firefighters. I wanted to be a jazz musician because I played saxophone in school and I was like, yep, I'm going to be the best saxophone player and I'm going to be a jazz musician and it's going to be amazing. I'll have my fedora, I'll have my suit, it'll be amazing. I'm very glad that hasn't happened. But then I also wanted to be an architect because I love drawing and I love being creative and building scale models. I love Lego and that's a form of like architecture. And I also enjoyed the show The Brady Bunch, where Mr. Brady was an architect, and he had a big house, and he had a great family, and I was like, look, that seems pretty cool. So these were my dream jobs. These were what I wanted to do. But all of these were from my own heart. These were a kid who thought, this looks cool, I want to do that. But somewhere between wanting to be a jazz musician and wanting to be an architect, God got hold of me and planted a different seed in my life. And it reflects this scripture in Colossians 3, 
which we're reflecting on and meditating on this month. Since then, you have been raised with Christ Jesus. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. This is a verse that Winnie just shared. We did not talk about this beforehand, but obviously it's what God wants us to talk about. But when we have our dreams set not on earthly things, but on God's things, things above, we set our hearts and our minds, which is where our dreams are, on the things of God, we are able to do so, so, so much more with God and besides God than we are trying to work against God and his rhythms. Now, I'm not saying that every dream from God is going to look the exact same. It's not going to have every dream from God is not to axe off all these other dreams until you get to pastor or minister. It might be that, but God has so many different dreams and he has something planned just for you, just for each and every one of you. It says in Romans 8, it also says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Our dreams are meant to be seen through God's lenses, His Spirit. When we have our minds and our dreams and desires set on where God is, and we are following Him effectively, we are also able to see much more fruit come out of this. The Spirit will come alongside us and help us and move us to do these dreams and to make them become a reality. Our flesh desires things, like Winnie was saying, of power, money, influence, the things that will help us grow in this world. And if you set your hearts on these things, I'm sure you're able and capable to do those. But the dreams set on God's desires and what His Spirit tells us, we will allow ourselves to build His kingdom and to grow and advance his way. God's desires for us might not be what we'd be expecting, but it's always better than what we can see or plan ourselves. In, Psalm, in the Psalms, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, this isn't just contradicting what I just said. It's not that God will give us any of the desires that we have in our own heart. But when we follow along with what these other verses have said and we put our desires and set our hearts and our minds on the things above, then God will bring these desires to us. When we align our hearts with what God wants, he will give us these desires. And it's not just to desire earthly things and expect God to happen. I want to share an example of this with you from my wedding day. So, in the lead up to my wedding, Courtney and myself we were planning and talking about what time of year we should have the wedding and what we wanted it to look like and all of this really fun and stressful stuff. But if you've ever done wedding planning, you've had these conversations. So we had some friends who got married a year earlier and they had this really great time of the year. It was like early to middle of the year. It was beautiful sunny skies out for the ceremony. And then they had the most spectacular sunset oh, that sunset was amazing and it wasn't too hot and it wasn't too cold so the girls didn't have to get too cold in the dresses and the guys weren't too hot in the suits and it was just perfect. And so when we were talking, we were like, this is what we want. This is the kind of weather we want. This is what we want to have. These are the photos. We even talked with our photographers about, yep, here's a reference photo of what our friends had and here's what we want to have as well too. And so we planned it for a similar time. We, pray, we prayed, we focused, we talked with others and planned everything out. 
And we were like, right, okay, we're going to get this shot, and it's going to be here, and it's going to have this incredible sunset. Yes, this is going to be good. This was our dream. This was our dream day for the wedding. But when the wedding day arrived, the, uh, the skies weren't super bright. The, um, it wasn't warm. It was quite cold. Uh, our beautiful blue skies were windy and wet. And uh, our beautiful, stunning, colorful sunset was gray, just gray, as far as the eye could see. But this turned out to be perfect for Courtney and myself. We can look back on this day with warm hearts and great fondness for it, because we had planned to have this outside ceremony, but then we all got gathered into this small atrium, and then the atmosphere in there and this intimacy and this excitement for this special occasion was just ramped up. These photos that I was hoping for this spectacular sunset had this dark and moody vibe that worked with our wedding colors, and we have some of the best wedding photos ever. Like, I, I can say that confidently. I know that everyone thinks they have the best ones, but no, sorry, Courtney and mine is the absolute best wedding photos, and it worked for us. We we didn't expect this. We didn't dream of this. We didn't want this. But God had this planned for us. And we know that God had a part to play. It says in Proverbs 19, The human mind may devise many plans, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established. Our dreams didn't line up with God's dreams. But we weren't disappointed. God's purpose was far greater than that of ours. We were out in a farm, and so the other farms needed the water to, to allow the fields to grow. We thought we wanted these beautiful, spectacular shots, or I did, absolutely, and the photos that we got were way better. God had all of this planned, and he knew all of this in advance, regardless of what mine and Courtney's dream were. So don't get caught up in having these perfect worldly experiences or the perfect worldly dream because the world wants you to follow in its footsteps and that's what especially I was looking at with the wedding, wanted it to look perfect, wanted it to feel perfect in what I had already experienced. In Colossians 2, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than that of Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, who has been brought to fullness, he is the head over every power and authority. Now, these deceptive philosophies and human traditions have looked and changed and been different throughout of all of history. But some of the current stuff includes social media to make sure that our posts look good, to make sure that our wedding day posts that we put up there look spectacular, that we can gain likes and follows and shares, and as well as scrolling through the For You page and believing and implementing all of the countless advice, dreams, and worldly wisdom that you can find on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. These show a dream set on the things of the world. These are people's own opinions being shared to us to try to be deceptive to us and putting our dreams on things that we can get for ourselves. Now, some of these might be amazing, but if these dreams and these goals 
don't bring you closer to Christ and don't invite him to be the focus and the center, then what's the point? Like, seriously, if, if our dreams are to get, you know, super swole by the end of 2024, but you're just going to be super swole and then walk off, like, what's, you know, cool, good for you. Like, you know, I want to lose weight. That's one of my goals for this year. But I also want to do it so that I can have longevity and can do stuff with my family in the future. So that's helping me walk along with God and spending time with him at the gym. So when we focus and center on the things that the world wants, that might be cool for a moment, but what's the long-term impact? God has a dream for your life. God cares about what you're doing in 10 years, in five years, in one year, in one month, in one day, in one minute from now. He cares about it all. And so I want to share with you a practical way that we can do this. In Romans 12, God gives us an outline of where our desires can be put in the right place. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect perfect will. Paul urges us. This word urges means to beg, to plead, to literally get on your knees and be like, I'm urging you to do this. It's not, it's not just a suggestion or an idea. He is gutturally wanting you to do this. Paul knows that what he's sharing here is life-giving advice, eternal life-giving advice. That when we shift our desires and our setup for what we could have for this year or for our life, that we need to plead and give ourselves up as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice. When we give ourselves up as a living sacrifice, when we have our hands and our feet postured towards God, towards Him, our actions and dreams and desires become that of God, which is holy and pleasing. Paul goes on to say that this is our true and proper worship. Not that singing songs together isn't, not that praying to God isn't worship either, but when we give up ourselves, our desires, and our own dreams, and choose that of what God has for us, then we can worship Him most effectively. And we can do this continually by renewing our mind, by making sure that we're filling ourselves with good influences, not wanting the desires of this world, but choosing the righteous and eternal things of God. And then it says, therefore, we will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's will for your life is his dream for your life. And then we'll be able to test it. We'll be able to go back and check with God about what this will is once we have given ourselves up as a living sacrifice. It's a dream that gets to connect us with God and we get to obey him in what he is asking for us, which is infinitely better than what we could do for ourselves. Now, you may be asking, how do I implement this? That's all well and good, Tobes, for you to share 
this with me, but how am I meant to know what God's dream is for my life? Well, I'm going to let you in on a bit of a secret. I'm going to move in a bit closer. Just ask. Ask God. It, it's, it's that simple. And, and I know that some of you might be a bit sceptical about that. You might be, you know, oh, well, God doesn't speak to me in that way, or, oh, no, but, you know, it's got to be more complicated than that, surely, about knowing what God wants for me. Well, well, I want to share with you what, what happened for me, because last week around 30 of us, 30 of our young people went to Planet Shakers Conference. Shout out Daystar. Um, 30 of our young people went to Planet Shakers Conference, and we got to have an incredible experience. But I knew I was coming to preach up tonight in the lead up to conference, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to come to conference with a question for God. And my question was, what's your dream for my life, God? What's your dream for me, God? And that was it. In every session, I went in. There was an incredible moments of encounters with the Holy Spirit, renewing my mind by reading the Word and hearing, seeing people get saved, countless people get saved for Christ, which was incredible. And throughout that all, I was praying and asking and seeking God, God, what is your dream for me? What's your dream for me, God? What's your dream for me? God reminded me of things from my past. I had incredible conversations with other people. God gave me incredible opportunities, but I kept on asking, what's your dream? What's your dream? What's your dream? Then, on the second last day of conference, one of the speakers shared for like 20 minutes and then made space for the Holy Spirit to minister to this room of like 7,000 people. And I was like, all right, if God's going to do it, it's going to be during this time, you know. It's like the Holy Spirit's moving. There's all of this stuff happening. Surely God's going to answer my prayer at this time. And then it was like wrapping up, and they were getting ready for lunch, telling people where to go, shouting out the sponsors, all of that kind of stuff. And then the speaker got up just to finish off the talk, and he was like, who knows how much the world needs to know what's happened in this room this morning. And I was, like, getting ready. I had my drink bottle there. I had my, my Bible, and I was, like, get ready to go out. And then I heard this, and in that moment, as if it was the audible voice, I heard God say, that's my dream for you. I want to read it again, because it's impacting me every time I read it. Who knows how much the world needs to know what's happened in this room? This room had 7,000 people encountering the Holy Spirit in one of the most powerful times that I have seen. And it's not just well and good for us to be filled up with God, but we need to go out and share it with others. We need others to experience what God has done. And in that moment, I just broke down. I was tears. I couldn't speak to anyone. I couldn't think. And I just had to agree to God. I was just like, yes, God. Yes, God. That'll be my dream. Thank you, God. Yes. See, because this dream isn't like the dreams that I had when I was a kid. This dream was fueled by the creator and the sustainer of the world. Not just a kid that thought it would be cool to do this or that other thing of what he saw from the world and had his eyes set on what the world thought would be cool. But this was straight from God. This dream for me really embodies what the Great Commission is for all of us. And I want to read that out to you. In Matthew 28, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. After I had this, heard this dream from God, I was reading and I was also reminded of Acts 1 verse 8, which says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, like in that room, and then you will be my witnesses outside of this room, in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the world. So, now my dream is to proclaim his power and glory. Asking what your dream is from, for God, from God, is that simple. And as I said, I know that some of you might be a bit sceptical that God doesn't speak to you in that way. But I'd also like to challenge and say that maybe God might want to do that for you, either tonight or this week, if you ask him. But if he doesn't, no sweat, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a dream for your life. But there are other ways that you can learn. You can talk with others who are Christian and who know you well. Talk with them being like, what do you think God's dream is for my life? What have you seen God doing in my life? What could you see God wanting for me? And then they can go away and pray for you and they can talk with God and they can come and read your word and then come to you with an answer. You can also read scripture yourself. Coming at scripture and asking God, what's your dream for me? God can highlight things in scripture like he did for me with those verses before, highlighting things that maybe you had missed beforehand or maybe things that you've read over and over again that you love, but they just become that bit more alive and God can say to you, that's my dream for you. When we know what our dream is for God, from God, we can implement that. We can read scripture and know that. So before I close up tonight, I want to just do a quick recap of what I've said, and I'd also like to invite the band back up onto stage. God has a dream for each and every one of you. That dream doesn't just benefit ourselves and our own desires, but when we set our minds on the things above, we will be able to impact and drive God's kingdom forward and his advancement. God is faithful to tell you his dream if you dare to ask it. The dream might not look like what you hope for, like my wedding day, but trust that God knows what he's doing and that he is planning something incredible for you and for those around you. And then while you're waiting for, to understand what God's dream is for your life, know that you just continue in the good work. Colossians 3:17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In whatever you do, whether word or deed. Whether we're in the waiting season, whether we know what we're doing, do it all for God and for Jesus. I want to pray Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21 over you all tonight as I wrap up. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams according to his power that is at work within us, 
To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So let's take a moment to pause our lives as we head into worship and reflect on what God has for us, that we, we've looked back and seen what he's done for us, and now we get to look ahead and see what he has for us. There will be three questions that will be on the screen. I want you just to take a moment and just reflect on them, asking God, what's your dream for me right now? God, what's your dreams for me for the next 12 months? And what's your dream for my life? Thank you.